We met here for the purpose of worship, and certainly worship consists of a lot of things, not the least of which is prayer. So we're going to begin today with prayer, and uh, everybody needs to remember, I guess, Don and Dolly, who are traveling and going to Houston to see uh, James and Margaret, who they're having some problems with old age, like some of us, uh, but... Uh, uh, then we also have uh, this dialogue. We have a traveling of Grace and uh, Kelly, who went out to California celebrating her graduation. So remember one another. Uh, we've got Kim and Judy, who went to a wedding of their granddaughter in Waco. Yeah, Waco still has weddings, but uh, uh, I'm from Waco, so... Uh, sometimes I talk about the fact that I was glad to get out of Waco. You can take the boy out of Waco, but you can't take the Waco out of the boy. But uh, we do indeed uh, need to pray for one another. So we're going to start off with silent prayer. And uh, you're going to have the opportunity to present your prayer request to the Lord with full knowledge that though you may ask amiss, as the Scripture guarantees you do from time to time, uh, the Holy Spirit and Christ is going to make that right and present a perfect prayer to God the Father. And then you'll get a perfect plan. may not be the plan we want, but it will be a perfect plan. Uh, so uh, we're going to have, again, silent prayer. And then, Tommy, if you would, uh, play for us, okay? Let's go to the Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, Ken, come and lead us in a song, please. Hymn number one. Let's stand and sing the first, second, and fourth verses.
Thank you, Kenneth. And thank you all for that fine singing. Uh, we uh, will not have, by way of announcements, a prayer meeting on Wednesday. I'm going to go ahead and cancel it now until I can get over this shingles that I've been wrestling with. And uh, uh, I am feeling better, and I appreciate your prayers for me. So it's working. So uh, there will be no no service on Wednesday. I will put one on the internet, however, as you might know. Uh, I continue to do, even though we may not meet together. I don't want to uh, miss a lesson since we're in the book of John and continuing. So uh, we do have two visitors with us today. We have Pierre and Amber. So uh, I won't try the last name yet, but uh, uh, it's good to have you with us. All right, uh, we will have, of course, service next Sunday. Lord willing, the crypt doesn't rise. But uh, uh, get you a copy of our prayer list, please. We do have over here to my left copies. Add to it and delete as the case may be so that we can use it uh, to pray for one another as the Scripture makes clear. All right, uh, now I want to talk about... an. Another aspect of worship called giving. Uh, we do have, uh, as you know, uh, a little, uh, well, we have a chart on, on giving, and I'm not going to put it up because so many people have seen it so many times, but there are two particular chapters again, in chapter 8 and, uh, in Second Corinthians, and chapter 9 in Second Corinthians that devote virtually the entire books to, uh, uh, giving, particularly chapter 9. And we do have a doctrine of giving on the internet. You can go to Pastor Mary's study books under westbankbiblechurch.com and uh, you can see, uh, and we all have a pa- also have a podcast. Uh, and you can uh, take a look at giving and what the Bible has to say about giving. But basically what we stress here is we don't tithe, we don't uh, sacrificially give, uh, we don't uh, uh, test God or prove God, but rather we follow the New Testament, uh, which says don't get under the law. You can't keep it anyway. You're just kidding yourself. So uh, we uh, uh, ask that you follow what two things I have selected for you to follow uh, rather than get up here and give you the whole doctrine of giving. But one is if you want to give you can give, whether you have anything to give or not. God does not uh, uh, always bless us. Sometimes He tests us. Sometimes we have something to give. Sometimes we don't have something to give. But you can still give in the privacy of your mind, which is why we're going to have a moment of silent prayer. And you think about giving. And if you want to give, you gave. Now, also it says, uh, if you do have something to give, then of course you should bring it. Uh, as the scripture indicates, but only if you can be a cheerful giver. And if you can't be a cheerful giver, keep it. Uh, that's the rule we have here. And, uh, in other words, and, and I usually quote a couple of scriptures here, uh, about as a man, uh, well, I'm not going to do that today because again, you've heard it before. Just take my word for it, you know. That's what giving has, uh, for us in the Bible. 
All right, so with that said, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And Tommy, if you would play for us, please. And you think about giving, and then I'll close by asking God's blessing upon both the gift and the giver. Let us pray. Thank you, Father, for the aspect of worship, another aspect of worship called giving. Thank you for the privilege of being able to give. Now, I would ask a very special blessing upon both the gift and the giver, and that you would continue to guide us and direct us, for I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Ken, how about another song, please? That's all right, I'll just go. That's good. That's our disco uh, music that we play. But no dancing in here, okay. Thank you, Kenna. Sure. Hymn number two, let's stand in the same first, second, and fourth verses.
Amen. Thank you, Kenneth. Thank you all for that fine singing. Few as we, we might be here today. Uh, now we're going to go on with our lesson. You'll see it's entitled Introduction to Titus. We've been studying the doctrine of Paul for, for a very long time. And we do have uh, on the uh, uh, internet uh, the entire doctrine of Paul. Uh, so uh, keep that in mind. You may go to the internet and pick up where we left off. All right, let's see here about Titus. Now the reason we go into Titus, as I mentioned last week, is that we've been studying Paul, and when you get to the end of the book of Acts in chapter 28, uh, you will find uh, uh, it just stops. So we don't know uh, what's going on here. We have a lot of teaching about Paul. We have the trip to Rome. We have what happened in Rome. We had his teaching in Rome. And and uh, then all of a sudden, bam, you uh, stop right there. Uh, so we have to figure, okay, what happened after that? So that's why we're going to the book of Titus. Because that's what you have to do. Because, you know, we've got Romans and we go on, we go on, we go on. You have to uh, uh, go to Romans and as we'll see also some some of Paul's writings in the, the, one of the books to Timothy. So here we go. Follow along with me in the lesson plan. I provide the scripture for you so that you don't have to... Uh, you could uh, check me out when you get home. But uh, uh, here we go. Titus is a common Latin name. When it came over to us in the Koine Greek, which is what the New Testament is written in, it became Teton or Titas. And... Uh, Titus was a fellow laborer in the work of the Lord with Paul. We find no mention of Titus in the book of Acts. And uh, we must therefore develop our biography from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, the book of Galatians, the book of Titus, and Paul's second epistle to Timothy. And we've studied the book of Galatians. And we've studied, of course, uh, also, Titus has an entire book a long time ago. As most of you know, I've been teaching here in this church for uh, about 40 years. So I have covered a number of books uh, in the Bible. Uh, and uh, we will continue as long as the Lord is willing. All right, so we must develop our biography from Paul's again. Corinthians, book of Galatians, book of Titus, and Paul's second epistle to Timothy. So the journey mentioned in Galatians chapter 2 verses 1 through 3 is more than likely the same as recorded in the 15th chapter of the book of Acts. Now we're reviewing now and we will continue to review uh, until we get to, again, uh, as I recall, page 3. Uh, and uh, we shall see... All right, introduction to Titus. Here we go. All right, uh, the journey mentioned in Galatians 2, 1 through 3 uh, is, of course, uh, uh, what we're going to see again. Uh, and we're going to notice that it, accordingly we can conclude that Titus was closely associated with... Uh, by the way, I, I went ahead and jumped from most of you know probably by now. From page one, 
two, two, three, because I wanted to get to the introduction of Titus. But the but the review is found in again page one and page two. I'm just looking if there's something maybe we need to point out here. Uh, we of course recorded the fact and documented the fact that there are two particular imprisonments. You have one in Caesarea for three years, and you have one in Rome for again three years. Uh, roughly a total of six years in prison. And we provided uh, last week uh, the documentation of how we know that. How do we know there's two journeys rather than one? Because there are some people out there who say, well, there's only one journey. I mean, uh, you know, and not two, but Paul actually had three in Caesarea, then he had three in Rome, and then he's out for about a year and a half and uh, uh, spend some time... Uh, uh, doing several things of which we know very little about, but we will get to that as we move along. Basically, he visits uh, northern Greece, and finally he's rearrested, and he goes into prison again, and he doesn't come out the second time. All right, so go back with me now to page 3, okay? All right, uh, so the journey mentioned in Galatians 2, 1 through 3 is more than likely the same as recorded in the 15th chapter of the book of Acts. Accordingly, we can conclude that Titus was closely associated with Paul at Antioch and that he accompanied Paul and Barnabas to Jerusalem to resolve the issue of grace versus legalism. All right, now at Troas, which is also called Troy, uh, we find Paul disappointed in not finding Titus there. Titus had been sent to Corinth after Timothy's failure. The visit is in part described in 2 Corinthians 2, 12 through 17 and 2 Corinthians 7, 5 through 14. Most expositors have assumed the two visits described were separate visits. I want to turn this particular chart on the board just so when you see the X up there under Macedonia, uh, that's Nicopolis. And that's where we'll have a map of Nicopolis uh, in your lesson plan a little later. But, uh, in fact, uh, give me the page where I decided to finally to put it on uh, uh, 7, as I recall. But uh, let's go on and think about the chart just for a moment, uh, just to orient. If I can find my laser, we'll have a laser show here. But... Uh, There it is. All right, here's where Nicopolis is. This is where he's going to be rearrested. So Paul had come down here to Caesarea. He got several trials there, and we covered the trials. And uh, then in addition to that, uh, he went uh, on a trip, and he arrived, of course, in, over here in, in Rome after a terrible, terrible trip, and he got into a terrible storm and they landed on Melita. You remember all that that we covered earlier. So uh, this map is simply to orient us to the general area. I'm not going to go back and cover the second missionary journey. You know, we had the first missionary journey. We had the second missionary journey. We had the third missionary journey. Then we had the trip to Rome. And we covered all those and those are on the internet that you can look and bring yourself up to speed if you choose. So at Troy, we find Paul disappointed in not finding Titus there. Uh, Titus had been to Corinth after Timothy's failure. 
The visit is in part described in 2 Corinthians 2, 12 through 17 and 2 Corinthians 7, 5 through 14. Most expositors have assumed the two visits described were separate visits. So Paul, of course, has his buddy Titus. Titus was, uh, you might say, his first soldier. He was uh, one who uh, seemed to be, Paul could count on him uh, when he couldn't count on some others. So he's also left, you remember, on the island of Crete where he does quite a bit of work. All right, uh, now you can go uh, to point five and find how Paul is disappointed in not finding Titus as he arrives at Troy. This is quite unusual. Titus had been sent to Corinth after Timothy's failure. Timothy was sent to Corinth to say, why haven't you people taken up the offering? You told me you're going to take up an offering. And I'm going to take it to the, the suffering saints in Jerusalem. But you haven't even taken up the offering yet. So Timothy, go down there and find out why they don't take up the offering. I'm not pushing you to give, he says, but I'm pushing you to do what you said you were going to do, is to take, just take up the offering. And of course, Timothy, kind of timid, didn't do quite well there. So he's going to send Titus down. So Titus will go uh, and was sent to go and find out what's going on. So uh, we're going to have a little more of that story here in a minute. So let's go ahead and take a look at it with that little bit of background. So I'm going to read five again. At Troy, we find Paul disappointed in not finding Titus there. Titus had been sent to Corinth after Timothy's failure. The visit is in part described in 2 Corinthians 2, 12 through 17, and 2 Corinthians 7, 5 through 14. Most expositors have assumed the two visits described were separate visits. All right, now then, let me read, if you will. So we've got him at Troy, and he's got positive people there who want to be taught. And he is so shook up that uh, he doesn't teach them. Now that's so unusual for Paul. Paul was one who would teach positive volition, but he is uh, he, he's wondering about a letter that he had written. I'm going to give you a little bit of background in advance because it's kind of it's a little complicated because we don't have that letter. We have First Corinthians, we have Second Corinthians, and there is a third letter to the church at Corinth which we do not have, but it is mentioned. And it is a letter where he tells the Corinthians, you're a bunch of dummies. You shouldn't have done that. You know, you're anti the Lord. I know he doesn't say dummies, but the point is he's very irritated at them because they didn't. And so he scolds them. And he apparently really scolded them to the extent that he's concerned. He's greatly concerned that what have I done? You know, here I went off and wrote the letter and put the stamp on it and it got in the mail and I'm chasing the mailman down the street. You know, because I wish I hadn't done that, you know. But uh, it's gone, you know. And so he sends Titus, go find out if they've all rejected Christianity and uh, because of my letter, you know. So he's, all, he's greatly concerned. So just think about that as a little bit of background as we read. All right, now let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. I'm going to begin in verse 12. It says, Now when I went to Troas, that would be Troy. In other words, Troy is actually how you go from Turkey to to uh, northern Greece. It's called the Hellespoint. In other words, uh, I don't want to use my laser thing here. Uh, but uh, to get over here, 
destroying up here, Troas. And so you come over to Europe. This is Europe over here. First organized, we're going to, this is the first time they're going to get organized religion. Doesn't mean that Christ didn't get everybody saved that was going to get saved. When you want to get saved, God's going to get you the gospel. You don't have to worry about that. God will get you the gospel. The glorious gospel that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men, says Titus. Uh, to all men. All men get the light, says John. So he's going to get the word out. Our job is to be ready to give an answer to anyone who asketh you anything concerning the hope that is in you. So we just need to be ready. We need to be equipped. And uh, we need to, of course, do a lot of things. I would refer you to my doctrine of witnessing, which is on the Internet. And uh, you can go to westbankbiblechurch.com. You can go to Pastor Merritt's study books, and you have four or 500 study books. And you can go down the list, and you can pick one. And it'll be a written lesson only, uh, though we do have our... This lesson is both audio and written and being provided both on a podcast and also on, of course, with the Internet. But uh, it's there uh, if, if you want to know. All right, so here we go. Now, when I went to Troy to preach the gospel of Christ and found the Lord had, that the Lord had opened a door for me. Oh, my goodness, the Lord opened the door. What would you do? Well, I still had no peace of mind, see. I don't know whether I can do this or not, you know. I'm so worried because I did not find my brother Titus there. So I had, so I said goodbye to them and went on to Macedonia. I went ahead and crossed somewhere into Europe, northern, northern Greece. But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ and through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of Him. For we are to God the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To the one we are the smell of death, to the other the fragrance of life. And who is equal to such a task? Unlike so many, we do not peddle the word of God for profit. On contrary, in Christ we speak before God with sincerity, like men sent from God. For when we were come into Macedonia, our flesh had no rest but we were troubled on every side. Without were fightings, within were fears. Nevertheless, God, who comforts those who are cast down, comforted us by the coming of Titus. So here he come now, so to speak. In other words, Titus is on his way. And uh, he's going to see him, and Titus is going to tell him all. I'll tell you what Titus tells him, then we'll read it. Titus says, everything's okay. Don't worry about him. I had to, you know, I had to kick a few rear ends, but we got things straightened out over there. And, uh, you know, you don't have to worry uh, about it. And uh, he said, well, you know, how are they doing? Well, they love you, buddy, and they love me. And now uh, Timothy, you remember, was run off. They asked, Actually, Paul asked Timothy to go one more time over there and talk to him. He said, I'm not going again. And those Corinthians were bad news bearers, you know. And uh, they had their own way of thinking and their own way of doing things. And they, they uh, were not exactly favorably disposed toward the Apostle Paul as you may well know from previous studies. All right. And not by his coming only, but by the consolation with which he was comforted in you when he told us about your earnest desire, your mourning, your fervent mind toward me, so that I rejoiced the more. For though I had made you sorry with a letter, there's the letter we don't have. I do not repent. Metamelamai. That is, got two words for repent. We have a doctrine of repentance, by the way, under Pastor Merritt's study books. But there's two words, metamelomai and then there's metanoia. 
Metanoia is a change of mind usually without emotion. Metamelema is to report uh, a change, but usually it's sorrow. Usually there's emotion involved. So, though I made you sorry with a letter, I do not repent. Metamelema, though I did repent. In other words, I did change my mind. I was worried about the postman. All right, now I rejoice. Not that you were made sorry, but that you sorrowed to repentance. For you were made sorry after a godly manner. In other words, you, you took it properly. Uh, that you might receive damage by us in nothing. In other words, for godly sorrow works toward repentance. Metanoia, unto salvation, not to be repented of. Amaletas, no emotion. But the sorrow of the world works death. So therefore we were comforted in your comfort. Yes, exceeding the more joyed we because of the joy of Titus. Because his spirit has re- was refreshed by you all. For if I boasted anything of him to you, I am not ashamed. But as we spoke all things to you in truth, even so our boasting, which I made before Titus, has been proven true. Alright, so much then for uh, this particular situation. We went to Troy. He didn't want to teach because he was... Actually, all shook up, and he went across over, and he met Titus. Titus said, everything's okay. That gives you some idea about Titus. It gives you some idea about Paul. It gives you some idea about the relationship between the two. So Titus was apparently sent by Paul on a mission to Corinth to check on the effect of a third letter to the church at Corinth. Copies of the mysterious third letter are not extant. So Paul was anxious to know how the letter was received. He seemed to be concerned that his letter may have been too harsh and threatening. The brethren who took the first epistle to Corinth may have included Titus and some unknown companion. We're not sure. We don't know about the letter. We don't know who went with him or if anybody did go with him. Uh, But again, he's kind of like the first soldier. If you've been in the service, you know the first sergeant is the main man. and He keeps the troops in in line. And that's kind of like what Titus was. All right, uh, here we go. 1 Corinthians 16.10 uh, I'm going to read, now if Timothy come, see that he may be with you without fear. Here we go, poor little Timothy. Uh, if he comes, he didn't ask him to go and he didn't go. For he worketh the work of the Lord as I also do. In other words, Timothy, he said, he, he said Timothy's a good guy. He's a good guy, he's teaching the Bible like he should. Uh, but we know from our study of 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy, uh, he, he is also uh, a bit Timothy. I'm sorry, Timon, as in Timothy. All right, let no man therefore despise him, but conduct himself forth in peace, that he may come unto me, for I look for him with the brethren as touching our brother Apollos. You remember who Apollos is? We gave you that little story. Apollos was a guy who uh, was a great Bible teacher, but he didn't didn't have a lot to teach. We have a lot of that going on today. They're good Bible teachers, but they don't have much to teach. Uh, And uh, uh, we've find that out when we studied, of course, uh, uh, how he had to be helped by a couple of friends of Paul. Uh, but anyway, that's another story for another time. All right, I greatly desired him to come unto you with the brethren, but his will was not at all to come at this time, but he will come when he shall have convenient time. So even Apollos was a little reluctant at this particular point in time. We don't know why. We know about Timothy, but we don't know about Apollos. Uh, so let's move along here. Point eight. Titus was also sent back to Corinth with two other trustworthy friends bearing the second epistle 
to the Corinthians in which Paul requested that the church at Corinth complete their their uh, promised offering. Second Corinthians chapter eight, Second Corinthians chapter nine are chapters devoted to giving. And so Paul writes here, and we we do have a doctrine of giving again on the internet under Pastor Merritt's study book, so and certainly look into those. So let's just read Second Corinthians eight, beginning verse six, we'll read through verse ten. Insomuch that we desired Titus that as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. In other words, take up the offering. Therefore, as ye abound in everything in faith and utterance and knowledge and in all diligence and in your love to to us, see that ye abound in this grace also. I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others and to prove the sincerity of your love. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. And herein I give my advice, for this is expedient for you who have begun before. In other words, you said you were going to do it. You said you were going to take the offering. That's the beginning. Uh, but only to do, but also to be forward a year ago. In other words, Paul wanted to take that money to the church at uh, Jerusalem. And uh, he, in fact, will take some. You'll remember the And he's going to get in trouble when he does, but we've studied that before. Because he wanted to, unfortunately, to impress the people by getting back under the law for a short time. Something he had been telling everybody else not to do. All right. So in the interval between Paul's first and second imprisonment, the Apostle Paul and Titus visited Crete. All right. For this cause I left, left I thee in Crete, that thou shouldst set in order the things that are wanting and ordained elders in every city as I had appointed thee. Now we've done some work on Crete before, uh, and uh, you'll remember here it is. Uh, they got shipwrecked over here on their way to Rome, but this is Crete. And the Crete people were wild actors. And uh, they were, uh, uh, we know a little bit of history about them. We know that if you go there and you find their history, they're called the Greek Sea People. Uh, And they actually came and they got on the island over there and they did some crazy things, apparently, because there are pictures of them uh, having bulls chase them through the city. And there's one in particular that I saw in a book where they actually thrown a guy up in the air and they had drawn the picture of it, you know. Like, whoopee, this is fun, you know. Well, Titus is being assigned the responsibility, you know, work these, work with these people, appoint pastors there, teach these pastors, and keep them straight. And he's going to have some words to say about them that aren't exactly complimentary. But uh, Paul writing to Titus, the book of Titus. All right, here we go. All right, uh, so Second uh, Corinthians 8, 6, insomuch that we desired Titus that as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. All right, now let's go to point 9. In the interval between Paul's first and second imprisonment, the apostle Paul and Titus visit the island. All right, 1-5, Titus 1-5. For this cause I left thee in Crete, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanted, and ordain elders in every city as 
I had appointed thee. All right, and you see the little map there of, of, again, the island of Crete. All right, now let's take a look at 9.1. It says, Here Titus remained where he received a letter from Paul. From this letter we learn that Titus was originally converted through Paul's ministry, and we can assume he was one of Paul's theological students. Um, Chapter 1, verse 4, To Titus, mine own son, after the common faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. Of course, obviously, he's not his own son. He means he's a son to the extent that he believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, and he's been teaching him like one would teach his own son. All right, so uh, we go on now. That from this letter, we learn of Titus's duties at Crete. He is to complete what Paul had been obliged to leave unfinished, mainly to organize the churches on the island. He was to appoint and train pastor teachers for service. All right, let's look at Titus chapter 1, verse 5, 6, 7, 8, and 9. He's getting the reason he left him in Crete. Uh, the reason I left you in Crete was that you might straighten out what was left unfinished and appoint elders in every town. That's a pastor. Elders in every town as I directed you. An elder, and we have the qualifications now of an elder. We've already had the doctrine of the pastor teacher. We know about the qualifications of the pastor teacher. What he should be and what he should not be. And here again, in Titus, an elder must be blameless, the husband of but one wife, a man whose children believe and are not open to the charge of being wild and disobedient. Since an overseer, that's the word usually translated bishop, and it means the one who um, not only, of course, teaches, but in addition, he uh, sets policy. Uh, like I'm a bishop, and I'm also a, an elder, and I'm also a didaskalos, a teacher. But um, I set the time. I say we're going to start at 1030. I say we're going to leave at, uh, you know, whatever. But anyway, uh, 1130 or thereabouts, and uh, we're going to have uh, order in the church. People are not going to speak out and talk. Uh, if you do, we're going to run you out. But the point being, uh, those are overseer things, and that we're going to we're going to give. We're not going to tithe, and etc. Uh, uh, etc. Et now we are a congregational church, and uh, our t- constitution says if you all want to get rid of me, you can get rid of me in a minute. Uh, you can call a special business meeting and and get rid of me. Of course, uh, you probably won't have to do that. I'll be leaving before you do. But the point being, uh, especially at my age, <laughs> but uh, I have no plan to leave. You know, let's dispel that right away. I'd rather die up here than leave. All right, so let's go. All right, so we have, uh, again, what he is to do. And he wants to talk to him about the, about the pastor. He must be then... Believe and not open to the charge of being wild and disobedient. Since an overseer is entrusted with God's work, he must be blameless, not overbearing, not quick-tempered, not given to drunkenness, not violent, not pursuing dishonest gain. Now, none of us, by the way, meet all of these qualifications as pastor teachers. There's no doubt about that. So we're giving these are qualifications that would certainly be appreciated in every pastor teacher. But our job is to uh, certainly um, do the best we can. 
just as you do the best you can. We're all sinners. My goodness gracious. Bible's clear on that. If you say you're not sin, you lie. If you say you're not sin, you make God a liar. Again, uh, very clearly taught in First John uh, chapter 8 and chapter First John 1 9 says what you do about it. 1 8 says if you say you're not sin, you lie. 1 9, uh, 1 uh, 10 says if you say you're not sin, you make God a liar. So where's the answer? It's, it's the meat inside the two chiefs, the two pieces of bread. One eight is the top piece of bread. Bottom piece is, again, uh, one ten. So as the lady says, where's the beef? Where's the beef on the commercial? It's in between the two pieces of bread. One nine. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, uh, that's what we call rebound. And that's an old femism that we got from the colonel. So, uh, many, many, many years ago. Alright, so rather he must be hospitable, one who loves what is good, who is self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. So he's making clear what qualifications of a pastor are. And uh, he wants Timothy, Timothy, excuse me, Titus, uh, to uh, find these types of people and put them in charge. Train them and put them in charge. So Titus was also urged to control the rebellious, rebellious members of the circumcision party and the evil Cretans. Uh, notice verse 10. For there are many rebellious people. Now he's talking about on the island of Crete. Almost makes poor old Titus probably ready to leave, you know. When's the next bus out of here, you know. Uh, I'm ready to get out of here. But there are many rebellious people, mere talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision group. Those are your law keepers. Those who want everybody circumcised. Those who want to get you, you know, the same thing they ran, in, they ran into in, the, in Galatia. Uh, how they were to, uh, they were telling everybody, you got to be, to be saved, you've got to keep the law to be saved, you've got to be circumcised, and of course, that was a big deal. You remember in our church, uh, we taught the book of Galatians and we even reviewed a little bit of it last week. So uh, they're members of the circumcision group. Those are your legalists. In other words, uh, wrapped up in legalism, not wrapped up in grace. Grace, remember, is all that God is free to do for you and for me on the basis of the cross without in any way, any way compromising His integrity. Or the acronym G-R-A-C-E, God really always causes everything. All right. So Titus was urged to control the rebellious members of the circumcision party and the evil Cretans. So for there are many rebellious people, mere talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision group. They must be silenced because they are ruining whole households by teaching things they ought not to teach. And that for the sake of dishonest gain. Uh, so you can imagine the average pastor teacher being told this is where you're going to go and this is what you're going to find. It might cause your knees to shake a little bit because this is a big order. But he's he's got a first soldier. He's got a guy that's not afraid to tell how the cow ate the cabbage, you know. Tell it like it is. All right, now even one of their own prophets, this is interesting, has said, Cretans are always liars, evil brutes, lazy gluttons. 
So how's that for an introduction? You're the pastor and you get up there and say, well, I've got a letter from Paul and here's what he says about you, you know. And uh, uh, they're all going to get it. He's going to get their attention for certain. All right, this testimony is true, Paul says. Therefore, rebuke them sharply so that they will be sound in the faith. In other words, don't take anything from them. Rebuke them sharply. And remember, this is what they are. Uh, so... Uh, uh, the grace of God is is uh, obviously needed, and God has got plenty of grace for all of us, including Titus and Paul and the Cretans. All right, Titus was also directed to urge the duties of a decorous life, decorous proper deportment, life upon the women. Now he's going to talk about the ladies. So Titus two, three, four, and five. Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live. Not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then, uh, if they do that, they can train the younger women to love their husbands and children. And of course, now we're going to study a little bit about the the, the uh, uh, pastor teacher and his qualifications. And we're also going to talk about, a little later, the doctrine of women. And... Uh, the fact that uh, they must learn to love their husbands and their children. I always found that to be very interesting. I always thought, well, women always love their children. Not necessarily, according to the scripture here. They have to be taught and they must learn uh, what, uh, uh, how to love their husbands and children. And uh, we're not going to get into it right now, but the word for love there is a word that requires training. Uh, it's not agape that would come from just the, you know, the, a natural flow of things, but it's, it has to be, it has, you have to be trained. Alright? To be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, and to be subject to their husbands, so that no one will malign the word of God. Alright, so he's got something for everybody, doesn't he? And we're gonna get into more detail on each of these. I will be selecting doctrines that are appropriate. Like I've already selected, as I recall, the doctrine of the woman and the doctrine of the role of the woman in church. In fact, if you look on page 10, uh, in other words, I think I provided for you, you'll see the doctrine of the woman or the doctrine uh, of women. And I highlighted something there. Uh, no believer should ever marry an unbeliever. Therefore, this doctrine applies to believers. See the doctrine of right man, right woman for more information. Alright, and that of course is on the internet also. But, uh, more of that later. But we will be selecting particular doctrines to support each of these assertion, not assertion, not, but, uh, requirements that Paul is placing upon Titus to do. Alright, Titus was to look for the arrival of Artemis and Tychicus, and upon their arrival, was to join Paul at Nicopolis. Whether Titus did or did not join Paul at Nicopolis, we cannot know. And I provided you a map of where Nicopolis is. If you look over there on the far east, uh, west side of uh, uh, Greece, you'll see the word Nicopolis. That's where Paul went. He was going to spend the winter there, but he gets arrested and he's brought back to Rome and he's kept in Roman imprisonment until finally he is decapitated. 
All right, if we can learn tradition, only that's 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 a traditional statement. That's not a scriptural statement. But nonetheless, uh, uh, I certainly think it has, pardon the expression, merit. Two R's and two T's. All right, now let's Titus was to look for the arrival of Artemis and Tychicus. All right, notice 3.12, as soon as I send Artemis or Tychicus to you, do your best to come to me in Acopolis because I have decided to winter there. So you can see the little map there that I provided for you that shows you uh, the Aegean Sea and, and the Corinth, where Corinth is down there as part of the Isthmus. Now let's see what we've got here in point 10, page 8. From studying the book of Titus and Second Timothy, we can conclude, could, could, excuse me, we can conclude with some assurance that Titus was with Paul in Rome during his final imprisonment. He did not say, as we will later see, but we do know he was there for some time and then went to Dalmatia. Whether he stopped to see Paul on his return trip to Crete is not known. From early church writings, we can conclude with some degree of certainty the following. Titus was permanently connected with Crete. He is said to have been a bishop on the island, in other words, a pastor teacher, performing the role of a bishop on the island and to have died there at an advanced age. The modern capital, which is Candia, appears to claim the honor of being his burial place. The name Titus was the watchword and cry, battle cry of the Cretans when they were invaded by the Venetians. At some point during Paul's second imprisonment, Titus leaves and visits Dalmatia. Now that's what is known today as Serbia. It's divided up into Montenegro and others, Slovenia. Uh, but at one time it was uh, basically Yugoslavia. It is assumed Titus went back and continued his ministry on the island of Crete. So do your best, verse 9 and 10, to come to me quickly. Uh, for Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. Christians has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. So Titus, like Luke, was a Gentile. Many speculate that he is the brother of Luke. From this letter we learn of Titus's duties at Crete. He is to complete what Paul had been obliged to leave unfinished, mainly to organize the churches on the island. He was to appoint and train pastor teachers for service. And then uh, Titus 1.5, reading through verse 9, the reason I left you in Crete was that you might straighten out what was left unfinished and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. An elder must be blameless, a husband of but one wife, a man whose children believe and are not open to the charge of being wild and disobedient. Since an overseer is entrusted with God's work, he must be blameless, not overbearing, not quick-tempered, not given to drunkenness, not violent, not pursuing dishonest gain. Rather, he must be hospitable, one who loves what is good, who is self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. All right, I think it's appropriate at this point in time to stop, given we've got two minutes up there before uh, I told you we would stop. Uh, and uh, I want to dedicate the closing moments of the service to anyone who may be without Christ without hope, and without eternal life. 
so uh, we don't know who's out there listening to us. We know we've got a, anywhere between 11,000 and 17,000 people hitting our website. So we got a lot of folks out there, and it's spread out all over the world, really, uh, different places. So uh, I always like to close with an invitation. Uh, and again, it is for those who are without hope, without Christ, and without eternal life. So with your head bowed, please, and your eyes closed, and I would ask that you would pray that the Word of God would have full effect uh, and that uh, it would be made clear to those who, again, have not believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. Certainly the Scripture says, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord left upon him, Jesus, the iniquity of us all. Remember, he came unto his own, to Israel, but his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them who believe on his name. Recall, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God sent his Son into the world, not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So he that believeth on the Son has everlasting life. It's all by God's unmerited favor that he provides for us. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So there it is. You don't have to jump through any psychological hoops. You don't have to walk an aisle. You don't have to tell God, I'm not going to do it anymore. You don't have to join a church. You just simply have to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the way the Lord presented it when he was with us. And that's the way the apostles have presented it. And that's the way I'm presenting it. Faith alone in Christ alone. I'll pause for just a moment and give opportunity to anyone again who hasn't believed to believe. And then I will provide our benediction. Father, we are grateful for the privilege of being able to come together and to worship. Now, I would ask, of course, that God the Holy Spirit would take that which I have presented, make it real, in order that we might grow in your wonderful grace and become more like our Lord and Savior, even Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amber and Pierre, good to have you with us.